Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the second hour of the show. Great to be with you. As we uh, hope that there'll be a little melting today. Uh, today is National Weather Person Day. I didn't know that. On my uh, monitor here in the Liberty Lair Studios, I was watching the Fox Network and uh, Rick Reichmuth, their, uh, their meteorologist. <laughs> it was so St. Louis, Max. <laughs> it was so South St. Louis and South County. I'm a South County. And, well, I think it's a North County thing, too. I think it's just a St. Louis thing. He was in uh, some Florida Everglades, you know, reporting for these big pink flamingos, live flamingos all around him. And I thought, oh, man, pink flamingos in St. Louis. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like Ted Drew's, right? I mean, it's, it's St. Louis. It's National what now? Weather Person Day. Well, National Weather Person Day. Well, then I will say happy National Weather Person Day to Annalise Parks, who I believe is now down in Dallas. But she's missed here in uh, St. Louis. She is. She is. And I, there is going to be a little bit of a of a temperature moderation today, I think. isn't it? We're going to get above freezing, I believe. And so mm. hopefully things will melt a little bit. And then if it goes below freezing, it'll, that's the problem. It melts and then it refreezes. I ended up, I I had one of those situations where I had driven. I just couldn't. I couldn't dig out enough from the nine inches of snow we got. I, I guess it was about six, six to nine, depending. And the drifts. And I was doing my best to try to dig out where I thought my truck tires were going to go as I backed up our driveway to break through the wall of ice that the snow plows left. And, um, but I ended up driving over ice. Well, then it melted a little bit and then it froze. And I was walking, getting into the truck. I was at, I don't know, I don't know, Thursday morning. I don't, yeah. Th- and I fell and landed on my arms. Oh, no. I mean, I just, I just, it was a good one. It was like a, it was like a George Jetson or whatever. I mean, you know, it was a good, it was a good one. With the, with the, with the legs slipping, you know, trying to catch myself and <laughs> boop, there I went. Uh, but I didn't break anything, which was good. So, I mean, I guess that's good. I guess I don't have osteoporosis anyway. That's good to know. By the way, if you are, especially if you're of the female uh, persuasion, those of you out there, if you if you identify as she, her, uh, be careful, uh, especially if you're over 50, especially if you smoke, especially if you, you know, have had a lot of caffeine in your life and you're more of the petite build because this kind of weather, you know, all it takes is just to land the wrong way. You don't really have to take a hard fall. If you just take the wrong fall and you mm-hmm. land the wrong way, you can end up breaking a hip and, you know, the complications after that are bad. I can't help. Once in a while, I have to put on the doctor hat just because I have great concern for you. Um, I, I see the results of hip fractures. They're often not pretty. Even if you do return to mobility, it's often hampered because of well, leg length difference or whatever. Um, and uh, there are other grave complications after a hip fracture. And for you guys out there, I'm an equal opportunity Warner. By the way, have you seen the Kurt Warner movie? Uh, I don't know. I get American Underdog. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I equal opportunity Warner. Um, for you guys out there who maybe spend more time with the remote, the nachos and the, you know, the cheese dip than than at the gym, if you know what I mean. That's probably one or two Wait, of you out there. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> no, I just, no, no. But I'm also looking at myself, okay? I mean, well, I don't do too much nachos. And once in a while, she catches me with nachos and cheese, maybe during a football game or what. But I don't watch that many fo- football games. But when I do, uh, indulge sometimes. But at any rate, if, if you are admittedly sort of a weekend warrior kind of a guy, or, you know, you get out and you do those projects around the house, and that's, that's work, right? But you're not in good condition. Let's just put it that way. 
be careful about getting out and doing vigorous snow shoveling in very cold weather. It not only, I mean, it can be threatening to your heart. When you breathe the cold air, and if you do do this, wear something, wear a muffler over your over your nose and mouth. Ha ha, I'm asking people to mask up. Randy, you'd think I was Fauci. <laughs> no, wear something that's like a woolen cover that filters the air and warms it. Because when you drink that, when you drink, when you breathe that cold air, your blood vessels constrict. Well, if they're already a little narrowed, those blood vessels that go to your heart, you can see how a constriction on top of an already narrowed blood vessels and weight, you're also with when you're lifting with your arms, as you do with snow, especially heavy snow, then those small muscles are raising your blood pressure tremendously, as opposed to if you're lifting with your legs, doing some other kind of lifting. All of that can conspire to result in a cardiac event. And we see more of those around this time of year with snow shoveling. So just be careful. And here's a little extra tip. tip. In case it were to happen, make sure you have some aspirin readily at hand. I mean, good old-fashioned, uncoated, bare, you know, generic, whatever, equate if you're a Walmarter. Um, and many of us are because, after all, not only are we, you know, return America to the lynching days of Missouri, but we also are smelly Walmart people, uh, smog people. You know how that is. Uh, so if you like the Equate brand at Walmart, um, <laughs> uh, make sure you have a full aspirin, a 325 milligram aspirin, and chew it. If you start getting neck or jaw pain or get lightheaded and, you know, you're getting pain down your arm or just some some, some crushing pressure, I hate to be, I'm not trying to be the Grim Reaper here. I just, I don't want you to have the Grim Reaper visit you. You know what I mean? And so just be careful because guys love, it's like mowing. I don't know what it is. Guys just love getting out and mowing. Guys love getting out and shoveling snow. It's just what it is. It's what we do. I do because like after on. It is definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a Zen kind of moment. You get to put on it some is. music, you know, for the next 45 <laughs> yes. minutes, that's what you're doing. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah. And if you've got a little cup holder, if you've got a rider, you know, you got a little well, cup holder there, there for a go. beer, you know, it just, I'm sorry, there's something about the mowing, it just gets you. Um, I particularly like, you know what I did last uh, summer? I bought myself, what a silly thing, but it made such a big difference. I bought a padded, very nice padded sling for my weed whacker to go along oh, the fence. Oh, yeah, you know? okay. Because I, I got about an eighth of a mile of fence I got to cut uh, here in pasture where our lawn are. And you start feeling that fence. after a while, like up in your arms. Right. You just... Yeah, ooh, if you're ooh. doing it without a sling. But I got mm-hmm. a sling and it was just, there's something like it's back and forth. You know, it's that like that sickle motion. You begin to feel like a Sherpa running through the, through the, <laughs> through the Tibetan forest. <laughs> and my wife is like, what is it with you and the grass cutting? I said, honey, when you look over the... Over the fruited plains, when they're mowed and it's beautifully manicured, there's just a sense of fulfillment. It's, 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 it's almost as fulfilling as had we completed the border wall and, you know, <laughs> the immigrants were on the other side clamoring to get here. And you just stood there with your arms crossed and said, no, <laughs> not coming in. You know, it's that sense of fulfillment when you complete a project. It's important. So let's play a little sound from, you know, there's been a lot about the Joe Rogan experience and about uh, some things, you know, when he interviewed Dr. Malone and when he said that when he got Ivermectin, uh, when he got COVID, he took, he said, we threw the book at him. We took Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and oh, by the way, monoclonal antibodies, which we know work and Ivermectin may work. The so-called randomized controlled studies that Dr. Malone, who, you know, he was. He was early in the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Many have, uh, I think, unfaithfully characterized him as the father of the vaccine. Uh, Not really. He was a contributor to the technology way back when. 
Um, and there's a lot that went on after that to actually get the vaccine. But that said, he likes to say that there are, I don't know, what, two dozen, four dozen, 60 studies that are randomized. A randomized controlled study is just that. It, it, it doesn't mean it's been peer reviewed. It doesn't mean that it's a quality study. You can have a randomized controlled study. You know, I mean, look, I have an old uh, classic car that is, uh, I just had it, I just got it restored after years of letting it, in its former state, you could say, oh, look at that. Well, but it was a mess. Okay, similarly, randomized controlled studies don't mean, so anyway, he had he had Malone in there um, and he's had other things, but I think he generally just likes to have guests on to question people. Now, I'm not a Rogan fan, I don't listen to him, but a lot of folks now are beginning to question this whole, you know, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and I don't know who else now was going to, Neil. There's, a, there's a couple more now, yeah, that have come out. I, I've honestly not been following it because I'm not a yeah. Spotify user or a Joe Rogan yeah. listener. Uh, but yeah, yes, more 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 bands have come out now. But here's none other than John Stewart who has an opinion on the whole matter. Let me go back to your 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 original point, Chelsea, which is how do you feel? And and this is going to be a blanket statement. Okay. And I would say this: Don't leave. Don't abandon. Don't censor. Engage. I'm not saying it's it's always going to work out fruitfully. But I'm always of the mindset that engagement and especially with someone like a Joe Rogan, who is not, in my mind, an ideologue in any way. Now, the only place I would disagree, kudos to Jon Stewart. I disagree with an awful lot. Uh, that's why, boy, you talk about some problems with uh, when you're raising, you know, teens and beyond, even when they leave the house. There was a time when John Stewart was the way my children, and I think many children of their age gained that's, their that was news. their news source. Yes, absolutely. Right? For, for and a I while, he them, was the number one yes, news show. Yes. Yeah. And but yet, I don't think they realized. I think they do now. But at that young, tender, developmental, you know, when the neurons were still connecting, they thought they didn't sense that there was a lot of parody in what he was doing. Just like I think there's a lot of parody sometimes in what Tucker Carlson does. He hyperbolizes things. And we have to recognize that for what it is. Um, but they all—they both make their points. That's fine. But if, for that said, all that said, I disagree with a lot of what John Stewart says. But um, the only mistake he made there was that, um, you know, they're not ideologues. Well, it, even if it is an ideologue that you're engaging with, like I would love, truly love to, to engage with Brittany Pinknett Cunningham, the, the, the activist that we just talked about. I would love to engage with her and say, hey, look, do you know me? Do you know the people that listen to my show? Have you spent any time with them? Now, I, I would love to see where that conversation would be because I would challenge her, but we'd have a good conversation and I would engage rather than, I don't want to abandon her. I don't, ladies and gentlemen, I pledge to you, I'm a truth warrior and I mean that in the, in the I'm, you know, we, we have fun with it, but I do want to seek the truth. I do want to understand and I think we do at some level understand, although we will never truly feel viscerally what it is to be a black person in America. And and especially one who's been told from day one with the conversation. Okay. But that said, I don't think that I don't think a lot of activist, hateful, racist BLM, I'll use the word, and I would use that word with her. I said, boy, a lot of what I hear sounds racist. And and so does racism to cure past racism and even 
currently, if there's pockets of existing racism, does that make sense to you, Brittany? I'd love to ask that question. And I think that's sort of the approach that, that John Stewart is, is, is hoping that we can all begin to engage in, right? I mean, all people, Joy Reid would get uh, applause. I would ask, I would, if Joy Reid came on tomorrow and said, you know what, I had Brittany on and I've got her on again now because I have to challenge her on that because that would, that seemed like a broad statement that, that probably doesn't apply to everyone who lives in Missouri that has a MAGA hat on. But, you know, so Brittany, let's challenge you on that. Have you met any of those people? Have you spent time with them? Have you been to a rally? Have you, you know, and what explicitly about that behavior and that phrase, make America great again, again could refer to since two years ago, make America great again could at this point in time hearken back to the Barack Obama presidency. That's make America great again. Again means referring to some point in the past. I don't think any, I don't know. I've never said that that is, you know, pre-civil rights lynching in Missouri, nor have I said that's make America great again like it was when Barack Obama was in office. So I think engaging is much more important than assuming. And I hope that we never do that here. I don't want this to become a an echo chamber when we don't find the best argument of the other, quote, the other side. Yeah, I have my opinion. I have my principles. I think we all have our, okay, we're sort of traditional values people, most of the people listening to this station. What does that mean? Well, I think we know what that means. That means families where fathers have commitments. They don't run away after they've done the insemination. I see that an awful lot. I see that an awful lot. I've seen it in urban St. Louis. I've seen it in suburban St. Louis. I've seen it in rural Missouri. So that's one traditional value that, yes, I'm going to stand by. And you, Brittany Pinknett Cunningham, tell me how that's a bad thing and why that makes me a racist. Can we agree on that, Brittany? Maybe that's a value that we could all cherish. Huh? Think so? How about another value? When you make a commitment, like you say you're going to show up to work, by golly, you show up to work even if you drank too much last night and your head feels like the inside of a bass drum in the Rose Bowl Day Parade marching band. But you show up. Can we agree on that, Brittany, that whether you're black, white, pre-civil rights, post-civil rights, that's probably a good virtue, huh? Instead of these broad brushstrokes, ad hominem attacks for people you've never even met because it's for your political gain. And you'd say you, you claim to espouse love. Well, how does love and power go together? How do how do those go together? I'd like to know that. I really would like to talk to her. Max, I think we need to talk to her. I'm actually reaching out to her right now. Okay. I'm interested to see. But, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I would like this program to become one that has hard-hitting, interesting, pithy, authentic interviews with people with whom we disagree. It may go nowhere. It may go somewhere. But at least we've done our part to take the high road and reach out and say, hey, this is where I really thought you went wrong. And she might say, well, here's where you went wrong. Okay, we'll have a discussion. 314-912-1019. Is that something that you would like to hear? Is that something that would find you would find engaging? Now, interestingly, as we found out a couple of weeks ago, we had a guest booked about who wrote a book oh, on yes. free speech. And this is what I predict will happen. I predict there will be a vast majority of people on the left, and you know, by the way, if you're on the left and you're listening, A, I appreciate you listening. B, genuinely, you have the floor because my audience has 
previously told me. They communicate with me all the time. I communicate with them. The rules of the road are you come to the top of the queue. You may be the fifth caller, but if you're the liberal and the, the progressive and the left, okay, and I may call you a lefty. Okay, we can have fun. You can call me a righty. That's okay. Um, I mean, after all, the New York mayor, Eric Adams, three years ago, they have him on a tape when he's talking as a precinct boss talking about crackers. Okay, I can take that. I don't care. Call me a cracker. Pfft, whatever. Sticks and stones. Come on. So apparently her uh, her blog, her message here is called, uh, her uh, her uh, it's called Love and Power because I just reached mm-hmm. out to her, left a little, hey, here, you know, we're the Randy Tilber Show. Here we are. Please right. come on. You know, here's where we're right. And I uh, said, do you want to subscribe to the Love and Power uh, newsletter? I'm going to go ahead and click no on that. But uh, hopefully you should follow the show. <laughs> You're going to click no. Well, no. I just, I don't know if I want to do No, man, I, I, I'm, I'm Max. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, wait a minute. That's, that's off. I think, I don't know. I think she deserves justice. <laughs> <laughs> My inbox is so full of so many potential guests. Another newsletter is not what I need. I know, I know. That's the last thing you need. Yeah. Hey, uh, when we come back, I, we're going to have some fun with, um, we got to have a little lighthearted fun here, okay? But I mean, it is a heavy, ponderous, and, and, um, pivotal time in our in our culture we need to talk about that obviously from time to time but once in a while we have a little fun and we'll when we come back the 2022 rock and roll hall of fame nominees are out they include dolly parton a, a tribe called quest i've never heard of this group i don't know maybe uh, max can regale us with some of that um oh here's one this could be our <laughs> this could be our theme song but it could also be blm's theme song maybe that Brittany and randy could both share the same theme song <laughs> by just Rage against the machine because we both have our <laughs> we both come at the machine from di- different angles. <laughs> uh, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, we'll be back and talk more and ask for your votes on who should be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here on the Tobler Show. News Talk STL 1019 We'll be back. Our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis- and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? Jen Pasaki says Spotify should be more to curate uh, what's said. <laughs> Actually, she and, says uh, Spotify, which is uh, Spotify. I think that's an entomologist website. I'm not sure. <laughs> Spotify, <laughs> like Omnicron. Yeah, it's right, Omnicron, yeah. Joe. Spotify. Uh, no, and and so yeah. Who determines what's misinformation and what's the truth and elevate the truth and the, the right information? I mean, this is essentially the beginning of fascist control of the media. I mean, we have it here, right, where they continue to put pressure in the media to give the government line as the only line. And if you question it, if you if you don't spank down those that are uh, in any way uh, not aligned with the government line, shame on you, and we're going to call you out, right? And on the other hand, you get kudos and carrots. Uh, you get sticks if you don't align with us, and you get carrots if you do, and wink, wink, you. that's our expectation. That's that's essentially a request for state-controlled media, and they're p- complying more and more. Now, Spotify, I think what they agreed to do in the wake of the whole Rogan thing was to put a, uh, what, put some advisory if there's some COVID conversation. We advise you to check out whatever, you know. Right. Okay. Warning. Kind of a disclaimer. Uh, there's a conversation here that might make you think. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Well, okay, so we talked about the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Um, first-time nominees include 
Beck. I didn't know Glenn was a rock and roller. No, it's a different Beck. It's a different Beck. Oh, it's a different Beck. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, could you see Beck doing rock and roll? No. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to be hip. And, you know, that'd be funny. Um, who else? Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. Eminem, who's going to uh, perform at the Super Bowl halftime, I believe, right? Isn't he? Part uh, of the I show? believe he's, he, yeah, we've got like about six or seven hip hop heads there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dolly Parton. Mm hmm. Um, we're going to do a cover on Dolly Parton. Instead of nine to five, we're going to do six to nine. Working six to nine <laughs> on the Tobler show. Um, Every Saturday. <laughs> and then Lionel Richie. Mm-hmm. Party all night. Wasn't that what do you do all night? Uh, all night long. I think it was just called I All Night re- Long. Yeah. Dancing Boy, did I play all night so long? Yeah. How many times every night in the Bob Cuban band? What a career that guy's had, though. All the way back from the Commodores. I mean, he's yeah. just an incredible songwriter. Well, and remember when the Cardinals won the pennant and won the World Series, uh, Celebration. Yeah. I mean, that was the theme song for the Cardinals, right? Back, what year was that? I don't know, but they won. Okay, celebration. The audience um, will know that. Yeah, the audience will know. Carly Simon, James Taylor squeezed there for a while, right? Um, and then, and then here's one. The first time. This is Randy's uh, out of touch with some of the culture. I okay. have to admit it. Once in a while, sure. A tribe called Quest. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Probably, no. I would say definitely my favorite hip hop act of all time. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm not. I absolutely. Okay, well, so I can't tell if you're serious or not. No, okay, I am so being serious. serious. So the thing is, so I, I grew up in the early 80s. You know, I was born in the late 70s. And so yeah. uh, when rap came out, when hip hop came out, it was kind of like, I, 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 I compare it to the boomers telling me how it felt when they heard the Beatles. And when I heard Run DMC, oh. I thought I didn't know music could sound like this. And so hip hop's oh. always been a big part of my life. And I, I love rock and roll, but I also love hip hop and tribe. With uh, Fife Dog and Q-Tip and uh, Alicia Hud, Muhammad, they're, they're just my my absolute favorite hip hop act. So I You'll hope they get. will have to play it. some Tribe. I, I hope. Get, now I is hope. this is this hip hop that has words that can be spoken on the air? Um, yeah, oh yeah, the, I, I can play Tribe. Yeah, absolutely. They were part of an early '90s movement called Native Tongues, which was really socially oh. conscious, forward-thinking hip hop. It oh, was right before. Okay. The gangster rap took over with all the kids, and everybody liked to talk about how much money they had and all the guns. Okay. And I right before Tupac, I can't stand any of that gangster stuff. And I really liked that pre, yeah. you know, uh, West Coast East Coast type of hip hop. And that's okay. where Tribe uh, comes in. Okay, well, I want to hear some of that. But sure. so they were before Tupac Shakur. Oh yeah, that kind of yeah. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, and then and then uh, now uh, repeated nominees here include Pat Benatar, Debo. Oh, the Eurythmics. I remember the Eurythmics. Yeah, I remember. It's funny. You remember, you know how you connect with, with tunes. I don't know. I don't know whether it's the tunes themselves or what you were doing at the time the tunes were on the top 40 that really gets you going. I think it, it's both of those. Can I, can I also point out that Duran Duran was a band that never got any respect from any musician no, ever. Right. Uh, yeah. They came on at the same time as MTV. They were very attractive young gentlemen. And of yep. course, everyone, yep. every, I, I have a lot of sisters. They all had Duran Duran posters. Uh, Princess, <laughs> Princess Diana was her favorite band. You know, they never mm. got any kind of respect. Well, they're still a working band releasing new material 40 years later, selling out, no, selling out stadiums. And this, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to actually nominate them, and I don't think they're getting in, but for them to get a nomination is huge because it's the first time that their peers have said, you know what, you're not a bad band. Okay, well, that's good. More than a thousand artists, music historians, that worries me, music historians, <laughs> 
probably went to Georgetown and Harvard. Uh, music industry professionals vote on the nominees, taking into account an artist or group's influence on other musicians. Okay. I wonder if this is a weighted vote. I believe it Their is. Their body of work and, quote, length and depth of career. Now, in if that's the case, you, it's hard to argue with Dolly Parton. I don't think of her as a rock and roller, but you talk about someone who has spanned how many decades well, and successfully. And, 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 and what an incredible songwriter uh, as well. I mean, obviously, some of her biggest songs were covered by other artists and, and yes. they're just they're, yes. they're huge. But she's still going strong. Her voice is incredible. Yep. Uh, I, we, we were just spinning Dolly Parton on our record player the other night. I mean, she's she's an icon. Yeah. She's wonderful. And then, uh, of course, then there's this group, then there's uh, Dionne Warwick. What do you do when you fall in love? Well, I was in I the wonder band. If, I wonder if Burt, I, Burt Bacharach might already be in, right? And obviously they he, were collaborators. He could be. I I'm don't know. pretty I, sure he, he is. I'm pretty sure he is. I, I, I was in the orchestra that backed Dionne Warwick down on one of the uh, 4th of July things uh, in oh, the real? Uh, oh, great. front wow. years ago. And um, she mysteriously just came a very, very quiet lady. Was not... <laughs> No, really. I mean, some of the stars are more, you know, more forward and more out there when you back them. And I backed several, but, uh, or, you know, I was in the band that backed several. And some of them are just more reserved and they do their job and they, you know, they go home. But, um, but that was a real thrill. And because she's a real, you know, a real talent. Um, I don't know. But see, I remember like the Eurythmics. I remember that because in our first house had hardwood floors that were really in bad shape. And I remember spending every day after I would come home from med school. In those days, I was at med school at Wash U here in town. And we were able to, you know, we went to class and there was always a lot of homework. And But you'd go home and you'd do your homework. But I always had a couple hours in between when I came home and then when Helene came home and then we would both study. And... Um, and I remember on my knees to these day, this day, I think I wrecked my knees because I hand finished our hardwood floors. And I remember the Eurythmics just playing. It was like that was the number, whatever their big tune was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sweet Dreams was number one. Sweet Dreams. Oh, my yeah. God. Sweet Dreams. I'm telling you, it, it haunts me to these days. Uh, I, well, I, uh, I hear Sweet Dreams in my Sweet Dreams. A hugely and, influential and band. Yeah. I mean, yes, I mean I, I, very. you can look at modern artists like uh, there's a band called Garbage that's heavily influenced by them. Dave Stewart has worked with Mick Jagger. He's an incredible uh -huh. pr uh -huh. producer. And then, of course, that launched the career of Annie Lennox, who was very successful on her own as well. That's right. No, you're you're right. Group. Now I don't know. I think they got this. I think they got this confused. There's a group on here that I think they got confused with. I think Alejandro Mayorkas may have somehow infiltrated the nomination process. Okay. You know he's the head of. Department of Homeland Security, Max. All right. Somehow he slipped in a nomination called MC5. Oh, that's a gang, isn't sorry. it? That came through. No, 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 that's a that's a. Pop. Oh, it's MC13. It's yes, MC13's MC the gang. I'm yeah. sorry. I saw MC5 on here. I thought, Mayorkas, did you slip a nomination no. in here in the rock and roll? MC5 is one. I'm, I'm going to make a lot of uh, old school <laughs> rock and rollers upset here. MC5 is one of those bands that I don't think anybody listened to, but they were I very influential. Well, they were very influential. They were around the same yeah. time as Patti Smith, and I think people who enjoyed them started their own bands. I don't think that I could name one. Well, I guess Kick Out the Jams would be their biggest song, but I, I don't mm. think they're getting any. I don't think Duran Duran is is getting in. I certainly hope Tribe gets in because I'm a big fan. Dolly Parton's yeah. a shoe in. There's no way so. somebody there's who's not voting for Dolly Parton. I mean, she's. A, <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. <laughs>
Well, so I don't know how many that they, I don't know if there's a limit, like if, if it's a top two or three, that's not stated in the, in well, the story. Well, I think every year, oh boy, this is great. Our audience also, uh, 912-1019 can let us know. I think there's seven every year that get in. And so I think they've nominated at least double that this year. So not everybody will get in. Obviously you have bands that have been up before, you know, like Rage, right, I think right. was up before. And, and so, uh, yeah, not, not everybody gets in. Okay, well, listen, if you guys will have a little fun while we're having, you know, some serious talk this morning. We'll ask Virginia Cruda when we come back what her choice would be on this list if she's been listening. I want to talk to her about Governor Parson and what he said and about, you know, he would nominate a Chris, only someone with Christian values when it came to the Don Carahart thing. Mm. And um, and then I want to talk to her also about this Olympic uh, reporter that got pulled by the co- communist Chinese goon and, uh, you know, what we should do about the Olympics. A little bit about Russia, Ukraine. And um, oh, there's so much to talk with Virginia about. We'll be back with Virginia Cruda here on the Randy Tobler Show. And your vote, 912-1019, on who you'd like to see for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let us know throughout the morning. And I'm sure Max will be playing some uh, some of the hits from these Yeah, books. we are going to be, be right bumping back. out right now with the Trap Cold Quest right. on uh, News Talk SDL. All right, there we go. In the days when I was a teenager Before I had status and before I had a pager You can find the abstract Listening to hip hop My pops used to say it reminded him of bebop I said well daddy don't you know that things go in cycles Way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael It's all expected Things are for the looking If you got the money, quest is for the booking Come on everybody let's get with the fly mode Still got room on the truck load of black boats. Jolene, 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 Jolene We're back here on the Tober Show. Virginia Cruda joins us. I don't know, Virginia, if you're going to be at uh, the Missouri State Lincoln Days, but I want to get the word out. Next weekend, February 11th through 13th, St. Charles Convention Center, Tim Jones, Chris Arps are the MCs for this statewide Lincoln Days, and uh, they'll do their show live here on News Talk STL uh, on Friday the 11th. Carl Rove will be there on Saturday the 12th to uh, you know pay a tribute to Senator Roy Blunt's legacy. So uh, you can learn more on uh, Missouri.gop. That's the Missouri.gop website or NewsTalkSTL.com. Virginia, how you doing? You're going to be going to Lincoln Days somewhere around you or here in the Chase St. Charles uh, no, area? I I am good. I will not be there because there is a, another event on Saturday evening. I don't know if you knew this. Um, there is a Blexit event in Trenton. No. Um, I didn't know that. Candace Owens, Candace Owens oh. and Larry Elder and Robbie Starbuck and a few other speakers as well. But that's okay. in the afternoon. I believe most of the Lincoln Day stuff on Saturday is going to be during the day. And then oh. I, I think they have a dinner that night. But the, this, um, the, the Blexit event also is is uh, happening the same day. So I believe that's where I'm going to be. Wow. Okay. Lots of opportunities for conservatives to, uh, to go yes. and enjoy things. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. in Fenton. Um, mm-hmm. That's my wife's stomping grounds uh, down in Fenton. Uh, yeah, yep, it's pretty close to where I grew up too. I grew up near, um, near Twin Oaks in that, that 141 and Big Bend intersection, that area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a South County and myself, and I know we have a lot of listeners across the area, big listenership up there in St. Charles County as well. 
So I have to ask you a little little fun here. Um, I don't know if you heard us talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees, uh, all the way from Pat Benatar to Devo, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Judas Priest, uh, MC13, I mean MC5, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage <laughs> Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, Tribe Called Quest. That's Max's favorite. Uh, Dionne Warwick. Do you have any in there that... That's quite a cl- class. It is. Yeah. It is. Who do you connect with there? Yeah. Um, I, kind of more the beginning of the list than the late, but I'm a child of the '80s, so you know. <laughs> okay, well, you and Maxie, right? I mean, same same team, <laughs> right? Right. All right. Hey, so um, I wanted to ask you about uh, a statewide a little fluff that's happened. Governor Parsons being criticized by uh, Jews and Muslims alike, saying, hey, what is this about? You're only going to nominate someone for Department of Health and Senior Services secretary or, you know, uh, the boss uh, that's uh, that shares your traditional Christian values. Is that a discriminatory statement or should he reserve that right? Is that a Joe Biden-esque statement? I'm only going to nominate a black woman for SCOTUS. Where do you weigh in on it? I think that it is unnecessary. I'm not going to say that. I think that it's different to choose someone who thinks the way you do than than it is to choose somebody who looks a specific way. I, th- I think you're making a different statement when you do that. Just like yeah. there were some people who were saying that, well, it's identity politics if conservatives pick a conservative to the Supreme Court because it's your ideological identity. And mm-hmm. to a degree, that is an accurate statement. But there's also the elections have consequences. And why wouldn't you choose somebody who has a similar political philosophy. So I think it falls, what Governor Parson is doing more, it falls more in line with that. But I would also say that it was probably, if he, if he made, I didn't hear the statement. Um, Like I didn't hear him say that that was what he planned to do. But if he made a statement, it was probably unnecessary. He could have quietly just done that. Sort of like President Biden could have quietly nominated a black woman and said, this is the best candidate I've found for the job. And that may be a true statement. And nobody right. would be like, you only picked her because she was black. I mean, there would be a few people who would assume that. But if he hadn't made the promise, there wouldn't right. be this right. outright air of discrimination right. around it. Yeah, there's a, so there's a difference the in the, in the in communication. Right. The, yeah, I mean, if you think of... Well, like Ronald Reagan said when he when he nominated and then she was, uh, you know, approved by the Senate, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. Right. I mean, the comment was afterwards. Well, you know, this really opens doors for women or, you know, he made a comment after it was settled business. And I think that's a different story than ahead of the matter. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think the mistake is in making the statement that this is what I'm going to do Um, now in in Joe Biden's defense. He had to say that he had to say that that was what he was going to do, because otherwise he ran the risk of not getting the black female vote going into the election because there just wasn't all that much enthusiasm behind it. And so I think that um, for for Joe Biden to say it during the campaign, it was similar to him getting Jim Clyburn's support before South Carolina. It was yes. something he had to do going into the election to get the support he needed. And for this, but but for Parson to say, I think it was probably an unforced error for Parson right. to say it. 
Yeah. Now, not necessarily for him to make a choice based. He makes the choice based on whatever criteria he wants. But the mistake is in announcing beforehand that that's what you intend to do. No, absolutely. No, and, and here's what he said, just FYI. Uh, okay. In a press release on Tuesday, after the whole flap had gone down uh, and Karhoff had resigned, he said, um, Missourians know that I share these beliefs and uh, concerning pro-life and morally opposed to abortion mm-hmm. and would not have nominated someone who does not share the same Christian values. You know, if he had just used traditional values, I think there wouldn't be a discussion, right. would and- there? Yeah. And here's the thing. I think that there are a lot of a lot of people in the black community, whether they identify as Christian or not, who would share those same values. There are a lot of people who who identify as pro-life and who, yeah. you know, value the traditional family. And I don't think I don't think it's out of line for him to say that these are. But I think you're right to say yeah, adding the word Christian probably was a an unnecessary. Yep shot in his own foot if you if you get my drift i think oh, that I, he, I, yeah. he might have if he had said you know this is traditional values i think you're right that it, it's a more inclusive statement and i don't think that he's going like if if there was a jewish candidate who held those same values i don't think he would not nominate them right so no, I, and I, he I, has nominated other Jewish candidates. I mean, they're, in his yeah. administration, he has Jewish uh, members, you know. So, yeah, I think yeah. you're right there. And, and uh, again, politicians, you know, they they speak so much. And when you talk as much as public figures do, heck, when, you, when you're right. on talk radio like we are, we make mistakes. We say things we, whoop, we wish we wouldn't have said. So you're right. It's an unforced error. Now, you wrote, and we're talking with Virginia Cruda, folks, at VA Cruda uh, on Twitter, Um you uh, and you're a contributor to the Daily Wire, and you, boy, are you a prolific writer. I don't know how you find the time to do all of that and be a mom and a wife and everything else. I, I don't get it. If you if you package that energy in an energy bar, let me know. You wrote about John Stewart, and I'd like Max yes. to play uh, a little bit of that sound. We talked about John Stewart and how the tide is turning about people defending those who want to get other opinions on uh, social media, podcasts, and otherwise. Take a listen. Let me go Be back careful. to your That's your, your original point, Chelsea, which is how do you feel? And, and this is going to be a blanket statement. Okay. And I would say this. Don't leave. Don't abandon. Don't censor. Engage. I'm not saying it's it's always going to work out fruitfully, but I'm always of the mindset that engagement, and especially with someone like a Joe Rogan, who is not, in my mind, an ideologue in any way. So there you go, Virginia. I mean, I think uh, there are people on the left now who are saying, wait a minute, this cancel culture thing is not helping us. Well, right, because it's starting to eat them. I mean, look, Whoopi Goldberg is a perfect example of this. She's been she's been pushed out because of something that she said, and you've got people like um, Al Franken defending her, and and people in the Jewish community conf- defending her. People at the Anti Defamation League saying, you know, she apologized. Let's let's take her at her word. And here's the thing: I think that what Whoopi Goldberg is actually more insidious than. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Say anything that Joe Rogan has said, but it was interesting. There was an MSNBC blogger 
who works for Joy Reid, and I wrote about this too, who said that it wasn't actually her fault. It's the way America teaches us about race. And he's right. (laughs) But he's right. It's because we're not taught. We're not taught. And it's the critical race theory rearing its ugly head. You know, the stuff they don't teach us in schools, but everybody knows anyway somehow. Um, It's this idea that instead of Instead of um, somebody somebody like Hitler declaring the Aryan race to be superior and everyone else, including a vast array of white people, are also inferior and worthy of punishment. Instead, we get this picture where there are varying degrees of black and brown that are considered lesser and then varying degrees of white, including, remember, white Hispanics whatever his mm-hmm. name is that shot Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you are the wrong version of light brown or the wrong version of not a specific race, then when you just get lumped in with, I mean, we get white Asians and white Arabics and every, whatever is convenient so that, that the, so that, somebody in the black or brown category can continue to claim access to this victimhood. And so it, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. And that's more what we see in America. We see this idea that, okay, well, the varying degrees of white people, um, because they have achieved a certain success, they have the power to now repress the varying degrees of black and brown people so therefore, the only racism that exists is between those two very large and diverse groups, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not. And, and so, when she looks at Hitler imprisoning Jews and Gypsies who look white, she doesn't make the connection that they're a different race, even though it's very explicit. And she, the irony is, she's talking about the graphic novel Mouse. And the idea that someone in some school might want it banned. And it actually says in the opening pages of Mao that Hitler viewed Jews as another race. So she's trying to, she's telling us that we're bad for banning this book because it actually helps people get educated about the Holocaust. She has no idea what's in the book because she's now espousing the complete opposite. Right. Um, yeah. And well, in her in her world, racism is only about black and white, and that speaks exactly. to the indoctrination and the ide- ideology. And and uh, I think it and and it's very instructive, you know, Virginia. When you think about what's been going on over at the ADL, the Anti Defamation mm-hmm. League, they have an interim definition of racism now. Now, yep. as of 2010, just, just posted in the last few days, racism occurs when individuals or institutions show more favorable evaluation or treatment of an individual or group based on race or ethnicity. Now, they have a related definition that's all about white supremacy. They have, uh, you know, in, it's just crazy how now that it's it's more of this relativism, whether it's moral or whether it's rhetorical relativism, to fit the current um and that their means need to eat, meet, if you know what I mean, in terms of the left yeah. and their goals. Uh-huh. Well, again, you know, the new the new definition is making room for critical race theory. As I as I was saying, this sure. is the idea that that it, it's all relative, and if 
one side of the argument, you know, both sides of the people or both sides of the argument, like during the Holocaust, as as Whoopi Goldberg was saying, if they are varying degrees of white, then it's not racism because they're both white. That was her that was her takeaway. Now, she left out the part that, you know, Hitler went after everybody that wasn't Aryan, including black, brown, gypsy, whatever undesirable he had labeled. And some of it was based on race and some of it was not. Well, I'm hearing the music, so it looks like we're out of time. I didn't get a chance to ask you about the Communist Chinese Party goon taking a Dutch reporter off TV. But real quickly, uh, yes or no, do you think that the the Olympics we should should have boycotted before or pull them out now based on the Chinese behavior? I think we should have boycotted from the beginning. And I I, I say this knowing that athletes... They've waited their entire lives for this and may not get another chance. But think about the Uyghur Muslims who yep, have waited yep. their entire lives for somebody to take a stand for them. And, and that absolutely. may never happen. And many of them will never get another chance. Yeah. Hey, Virginia, yeah. always enjoy it. Man, great in-depth analysis. Read more from Virginia on her Twitter feed at VA Cruda and at The Daily Wire. Folks, we'll be back with Merrill Matthews, top of the next hour. He's with the Policy Innovation Institute in Dallas about the red wave. Will it be a red tsunami? Oh, we'll ask him. And then later on in the hour, Christopher Bedford about an alternative to big tech that he is espousing with rightforge.com. Lots more on the last hour of the Tobler Show coming up. Don't go anywhere.